it has been hot. And while I'm glad I'm not out working on a raspberry harvester, I have done that in many, many days like we have been having. That 90 degree heat, it's not a lot of fun. It's manageable, but you, you, you have to be smart about it is the bottom line. Farm work, though, in a lot of cases, I mean, there are workarounds you can do when it gets too hot sometimes, but the crop has to be harvested. You can't wait for a couple of days. The berries are going to fall on the ground. You're going to get mold going. You're going to... So, such as it is, even when it's hot, you know, you got to get out and, and uh, bring in food for people to eat. Welcome back to The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. Um, going to be another toasty one today. It was even that much more toasty yesterday um, in Moses Lake, where we go to connect with our, our guest this morning, Pam Lewison with the Washington Policy Center. Um, she's the uh, director of their agricultural uh, efforts, research efforts there, uh, blogs a lot, has a lot of columns, comments on a lot of important things going on. And she's a farmer as well and has had to be out in this heat. 108 yesterday, Pam. Are you going to get any relief today? Uh, not today. They, I'm holding my breath for Monday because that's when it's supposed to be under 100. <laughs> Oof. Um, oh, I would probably feel cool, though, after, I mean, what, what's the hottest you got this past week? Uh, I think, actually, yesterday was the hottest okay. that I have seen so far at 108, uh, but we're supposed to peak on Sunday. The forecasted high is for 107, and I will say, you know, officially, according to the Weather Channel app, it was only 105 yesterday. So, Oh, well, no big deal. Right. But the thermometer in your yard probably said, told a different story. Yes, the thermometer in my yard uh, peaked at 108. That's painful. Sadly, I know what that feels like now after the heat dome of 2021. We've ex I've experienced that on my own place, which I could have never, ever have said before last year. Um, but the whole issue with these heat rules is, as we said, and you said to me even before we came on the air, I'm like, are you able to stay out of the heat? And you laughed and said, well, there's still work that's got to get done, irrigation that's got to get changed for you, animals that need to be fed. For us over here, you know, fruit that's got to be harvested, people making hay, all kinds of stuff going on are are people doing this work being protected that's become a question and well i'll just say it there are activist groups who are trying to leverage this idea that it's dangerous harmful uh, for people to be working in this kind of hot weather. And are they entirely wrong? No, if you aren't prepared or if you aren't taking the right steps, it can be dangerous, right? But the state has rules and as has been a political conversation for the past couple of years in particular, the state has new uh, updated rules for protecting workers on farms from heat. So get us up to speed with first, what are farms doing to protect people in, in this kind of heat? So there's quite a few things that farms do because they do recognize one, it's, you know, it's first of all, it's just not fun to be out in this kind of weather, even if you're doing something fun rather than working. Um, 
And I think what a lot of farms are doing, particularly those that are in harvest, because we do have good tree fruit that's harvesting, you've got berry crops being harvested and that sort of thing. A lot of harvests are being staggered. Yep. So rather than your regular eight to five shift that people would regularly associate with town jobs and that sort of thing, a lot of people are having workers come in at, you know, three or four in the morning. And then they are done by noon. So they don't have um, that sort of late afternoon peak heat of the day that they're working in. And that's that's one of the best ways to kind of mitigate hot weather is to just not be in it, right? Well, in other cultures that come from hotter geography, you know, I think about, you know, Central America where it's, you know, this kind of heat is not at all unheard of. That's just part of the way of life. I mean, the whole idea of a, a siesta in the middle of the day, right? Right. Um, and I think there's, you know, there are other things that um, people do too. You know, you can you can do anything from taking a quick break. Uh, and when I say quick break, um, <clears throat> L&I rules are very specific about what a quick break means. Um, a quick break is 15 minutes every hour after we reach 100 degrees. Okay. So, um, you know, that gives you a chance to cool off. And more specifically, you need to be in a shaded area. Um, and those rules in an orchard, for example, uh, trees don't count because you're still sort of in your workspace. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be a shaded area that's provided to you by your employer outside of your workspace. Um, and also making sure that you stay hydrated. I think that's a key part of that too, that a lot of people sort of forget about. Um, you need to be drinking what will feel like excessive amounts of water yeah. um, to make sure that your body is replacing what it's losing in sweat. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and as far as L&I is concerned, that means that your employer is required to keep at least a quart of cool water per person per shift available to you every hour. And you mentioned cool too. I mean, they, they don't just regulate that you need to have water. They regulate the temperature that it needs to be kept below essentially, right? Right. Um, you know, nobody, it's, nobody has ever gotten into, you know, you get into your hot car and you have that nice um, sort of sun warmed water. Yeah. It's not refreshing at all. Yeah. And so there's, there's rules about that too, that what, what's being talked about here is water that is cool refreshing going to make you feel better hmm. being outside in this hot yep. weather yep. and the, and then the other part of that too is um everyone should be aware of kind of what heat stress looks like whether it's a heat stroke or something else um and being mindful of that and being able to um talk to a supervisor and say hey you know i really don't feel well and this is well beyond that i'm just tired and hot I am, you know, I think I'm getting sick. Yeah, heat illness. It's a it's a real thing. And when you've experienced anything mm -hmm. most people have one time or the other in your, your life, it's it can be f serious and you get, have to be careful with that. Uh, if you are careful, usually it doesn't amount to anything um, particularly harmful, even though it can be uncomfortable. But you do have to recognize that and, and be careful. Now, I, I think, you know, this perception that, you know, whether they're people with an axe to grind or with ulterior motives, that they want to ramp up this kind of fear mindset, this negative mindset that farmers don't care about their workers. They're forcing them to work in these terrible hot conditions. 
um, on its face has a lot of logical problems. Why? Number one, decency. I mean, mm. people, it, it would assume that farmers are indecent or don't care. That's just not the farmers that I know. Uh, I heard, I've heard of, I follow I, anything. I have, haven't run into a farmer and my travels all over the state for my podcast and for my work that, that would just say, oh, I don't care. Deal with it. Um, they care. And you know, a worker who's not feeling well because of heat isn't going to be doing a good job anyway. So you wouldn't want that. Plus you have laws and rules to follow. So you need to make sure everything is above board there. So there's just so many reasons why that that's a problematic argument to make is farmers just don't care and people are being abused, being forced to go out in the heat. But that's been kind of the basis of the controversy of late uh, about heat rules and the state saying that it needs to mandate further, more specific um, emergency heat rules as they finalize what just less than two months ago. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I do think the one thing that we sort of neglect in Washington, and I, I wish that we wouldn't, um, when we talk about heat rules in particular is relative humidity. Um, yeah. because there's, there's nothing about that, but 108 in Skagit County <laughs> is much different than 108 in Moses Lake. Yeah. So, you know, my 108 is, I mean, it's not fun, but it isn't to me as a desert person unbearable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 108 with 98 humidity, 98% humidity, which I have experienced because I lived in Texas is miserable you you just feel like you are you feel like you're swimming um rather than just standing outside and so i think that's something that's missing in our discussion in the heat rules is that we don't talk about you know is it a humid day is it cloudy is there a breeze you know we don't talk about any of those things that can mitigate what that heat feels like so let's let's get up to speed on what happened with with um, the state rules. What, what what changed, and are there problems with where things stand after that? So the only thing that really changed is just the frequency of that break rate. So it used to be fifteen minutes every two hours, um, and now it's fifteen minutes every hour after a hundred degrees. So that's really the only significant change. I don't think that that's. Um, I mean, as someone who's been outside working in this weather this last week um that doesn't feel outlandish to me the only thing that i struggle with about that is 15 minutes um in an eight-hour shift takes a lot of time away from work that needs to be done Uh, and i don't i don't say that lightly because i also recognize that when it is that hot and you have physical hard work you have to do um, you need to take a break. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think it's it's about trying to find that balance of we need to get things done, but we also collectively need to be taking care of ourselves and making sure that everyone is hydrated and being safe. Pam Lewison is with us right now on the Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. She is the director of the Initiative on Agriculture 
with the Washington Policy Center and is joining us on the phone this morning from Moses Lake, where, yeah, it's been hot here. It's been really hot over there. 108, she said, at her place yesterday and on track to get just about as hot for you folks today. We're talking about farmers taking care of workers in heat. What are they doing? What are they requiring to do? What's been going on with state laws and the politics uh, feeding into it. So what, what do you, what's you, as far as an upshot here, what do you say to those who say, oh, you know, um, farm workers are, are being exploited and abused and put in terrible uh, conditions by working in the heat uh, and the state rules aren't protective and they aren't protective because the state ha- is in bed with um, Farm Bureau and other farming groups who don't want to uh, sacrifice their bottom line to, to protect people. I mean, that all sounds terrible, but that is pretty much what we're hearing some of these activist organizations say. Uh, I think they should, one, first recognize that the relationship between farmer and farm worker is um, a symbiotic one. I say that all the time. Uh, Farmers need farm workers and farm workers need farms. So one without the other doesn't exist. And that goes both ways. So having that good, fluid working relationship is critically important on both sides of that discussion. And um, I think farmers and by and large farm workers recognize that. Uh, I also um, I had to, this probably sounds unprofessional, I had to stifle a little bit of a chuckle because mm. <laughs> I cannot imagine a situation in which a farm work, a farmer is sending their workers out without any kind of thought to their care and well-being. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a ludicrous statement to make. Right. I just cannot wrap my head around that. Um, I'm a fourth generation farmer. We have had employees. We have not had employees. But when we have, the people who have worked for us have always been treated as family. That's and, been my and, experience. and you were out there in it with them too, right? which is the case yes. on most farms. Yes. And, um, you know, the experience that I have had and the experience that I've had talking to other farmers is I would not assign work to an employee that I haven't done myself or that I wouldn't continue to do myself. Yeah. So I think that's the, the biggest challenge that I see is this notion that um, you know farmers are asking farm workers to do something they wouldn't do or something they think is beneath them or something like that, um, quite honestly, is just ridiculous. Well, and it's it's based on either a lack of knowledge or a willful um, intent to malign folks. I mean, it's that that's the bottom line when people are spreading information like that. That's just not true. Uh, again, this is the farming show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Our guest right now is Pam Lewison, uh, the director for the Initiative on Agriculture with the Washington Policy Center, a think tank here in Washington, keeping a close eye on what's going on with policy and what our state is doing. And as that relates to uh, free markets and business and farming, uh, the list goes on. On a lot of good work that they do between all of the folks, including Pam, on their team. Um, we have just a couple of minutes left. I know, Pam, you have some new blogs out on what's been happening with drought. We don't have time to get into that this morning, but I would encourage people to go to WashingtonPolicy.org to check those uh, blogs out, all of your blogs, but uh, find out what's going on.
going on with, you know, how the state declares a drought, what, how they measure that and how that can be improved. Some very interesting stuff in that for, for people to understand that you've shared there. Um, but if we're talking about heat, I do want to talk briefly about smoke rules. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, we haven't had a terrible wildfire season, at least here in our region, where we've been inundated with, you know, a, a pall of smoke overhead for days and weeks on end, as we have in, in recent years. But at the same time, the state has been tweaking those rules as well. And, and I know there were some, some pretty heavy questions about whether they were doing the right thing there or not. Well, I, first of all, we don't talk about the no-hitter. Um uh, and I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we continue to have, you know, clear skies for the rest of the summer. Yeah. Um, that's my hope. We've been fortunate so far. Um, and, th- but there are, there is a very significant change in the smoke rules for this year. Um, and that is in the air quality index observation for the smoke rules. So what the air quality index is, is it's effectively a measure of how bad the air is for a, for specific groups of people. Previously, the air quality index measurement for people to have to wear a mask to filter out particulates while they were working outside was 150, which is for a normal person, you know, person with no ailments or heart conditions or asthma or anything like that, that's when you should start considering that the air quality is not good. That's when you yeah. can smell it in the air. It starts to hurt your lungs a little bit to breathe. Yeah. They have lessened that air quality measure to 69 Whoa. for wearing a face mask. Isn't that everyone. where isn't that where the threshold is for people with medical health issues, uh, the elderly, p- folks with severe asthma, things like that? Yes. So what that means is if you're a regular person and you have no significant health issues at all, um, wearing a mask when the AQI hits 69 um, for you is a benefit probably, but it's also an added barrier on a hot smoky day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you must do it. This is not something where your employer can say, Hey, we have these available. If you want one, take one. Yeah. You are required to put on this N95 mask and wear it. See that kind of stuff bugs me because I, I don't know. I always want to do what I like if fine, tell me about the risks about something and then I can go ahead and make my own personal decision what I'm going to do on it. Um, but that's, that's not an option here. Again, we're almost out of time talking with Pam Lewis and, uh, I have, and again, I don't have time to get into it, but I have been outspoken over the years about my frustration with all of the smoke, with the smoky years in our recent history here, you know, people freaking out about, I can't go outside and like, yeah, it's maybe not the greatest thing. It's not perfect, but it's not going to kill you. Um, and you know, I, I've had to work in that. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I think about, you know, all those smoky conditions and, and activists using that to, you know, even blame a farm for a worker's death here in Whatcom County a few years ago, as I've talked a lot about on this program. Um, it's like I was outside at that time. Um, my dad had workers out at the time, and he was out at that time, too. Um, and they were all fine. I mean, yeah, if someone has a specific medical condition, that, that's a different story. But to make that a blanket rule for everybody, that's where the problem is. And I think that's what we're, we're seeing here with, with what they're doing with these rules. I think so. I think what's happening is the safety 
rules are sort of targeted at the lowest common denominator. And, um, you know, last year in particular, Moses Lake had some of the worst air quality uh, in the state. And um, you can you can actually check that. There is a history tracker, so you can go back and look and see what the air quality is, yeah. all kinds of places. Um, and with the exception of the Okanagan Highlands, we had some pretty bad air quality. Um, I happen to have asthma, as does my daughter. We, um, because my daughter is young, she stayed indoors mm-hmm. um, for her safety. I, on the other hand, needed to go out and help with water. So I had a mask on to yeah. go change water because for me, it was painful right. to be outside. But I also, again, have a health condition that means I need to be mindful of that. If you are a healthy person, um, having your AQI set at 69, all it really does is make you more uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly right. Pam Lewison, uh, Director for the Initiative on Agriculture at the Washington Policy Center with us on the Farming Show this morning. Thanks so much for your time, Pam, for keeping track of all the stuff going on in our state. Oh, thanks for having me.